Welcome to New Life Assembly of God Media Ministry. We are glad that you are here. We believe the Word of God is relevant and life-changing, and we hope you can be blessed by this message. If you'll take your scriptures in hand and turn with me to Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Our message this morning is titled Honoring God, and as we've already recognized, it's Mother's Day, and it's a day when we stop to honor mothers and to give thanks for the blessing they are and the influence they had on their lives. But the message is going to apply to everybody. But as I was preparing for this message, I came across a humorous essay titled What My Mother Taught Me. And it said, My Mother Taught Me Religion. When I spilled grape juice on the carpet, she instructed, you better pray the stain will come out of that rug. (laughs) My mother taught me logic from her decisive words because I said so, that's why. My mother taught me foresight. Make sure you wear clean underwear in case you get in an accident. (laughs) Many of you are nodding your head because you know you've done that. (laughs) My mother taught me irony. Keep laughing, and I'll give you something to cry about. (laughs) My mother taught me about stamina. You'll sit there all day till that spinach is completely eaten. (laughs) My mother taught me about the weather. It looks as if a tornado went through your room. You need to clean it up. My mother taught me the circle of life. I brought you into this world, and I can take you out of it. My mother taught me about behavior modification. Stop acting like your father. (laughs) My mother taught me about envy. There are millions of less fortunate children in this world who don't have a wonderful mom like you do. (laughs) Thanks, Mom, for all the lessons you taught us. Another author writes, life doesn't come with a manual. It comes with a mother. He said, I love this phrase because it's just so true. Where would we be without mothers? Amen. Amen. Next to Christ, there is truly no one who has more influence on our life for good or ill than our mothers. Amen. And the Bible, thankfully, is full of wonderful moms. There was Hannah, the mother who prayed fervently for God to give her a child. And he blessed her with Samuel, whom she brought to the temple and dedicated him as a child to the Lord. And he became one of the greatest prophets in Israel's history. There was Mary. She became the mother of Jesus, and she was an example of godliness and faith. There was Lois and Eunice, Timothy's mother and grandmother, who were responsible for raising Timothy up in the faith. Then there is Jochebed, Moses' mother who lived in a pagan, godless nation in some of the most difficult circumstances, the circumstances of slavery, and yet she instilled a living faith in the one true God in her son Moses and a sense of God's calling and destiny for his life. And we find her story in Exodus chapter 2. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 10. The scripture says, About this time, a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. The baby's sister stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. 
Soon, Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river and her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby, Aaron, who became the high priest of Israel, and Miriam, who was the worship leader of Israel. She was a poet and she was a prophetess, amen? So Jochebed raised all three of her children to love and serve God and to fulfill his plan and destiny for their lives. Although Jochebed is not named in the passage we just read, we do find her name in two other places in scripture which are both genealogies. But the name Jochebed means honor and glory of God. And her life and faith certainly brought honor and glory to God. And her life provides many important lessons, not just for mothers, but for all of us, if we would live our life in a way that honors God. So don't tune me out just because you're not a mom. Amen? Listen up, because God's word always speaks to all of us, all right? So the first thing I want us to see is that we honor God by holding fast to faith, especially in hard times. That applies to everybody, right? We honor God by standing firm in faith, especially in the difficult times of life. We need to have a personal and a living faith. Before you can raise your children in faith, you have to have a personal relationship of faith with God through Jesus Christ. The first two verses of, Ezekiel two, uh, of Exodus 2 tells us about Jochebed's faith. It says, And a man of the house of Levi went and took a wife of the daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. Now it's important that it says that she was a daughter of the tribe of Levi because the Levites were the priestly tribe of Israel. God had set them apart to minister in the temple. So in modern day terms, we might say Jochebed was the daughter of a minister or a pastor, and then she married a minister or she married a pastor. But it's not enough just to be raised by Christian parents or even to be married to a believer. You need to have a personal faith relationship with God, and Jochebed is definitely an example of someone who had a personal and living faith in the Lord. In fact, she and her husband are both listed in Hebrews chapter 11, which is often called the Hall of Fame of Faith. Those names throughout scripture that really just stand out as an example of faith and faithfulness to God. Now in verse 23 of Hebrews 11, it says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw that he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. Now I mentioned earlier that this was a time of slavery from the Israelites, right? They had been several centuries in, in uh, Egypt and they were enslaved in Egypt. Egypt, but by the faithfulness of God, he had blessed his people even in slavery, and they had multiplied, and they became a great people, a mighty nation, so much so that it intimidated Pharaoh the leader of the Egyptians. He was afraid that because the Jewish people had become, the Hebrews had become so numerous that they would have enough strength to rise up in a revolt against uh, their Egyptian leaders. So as a population control measure, 
he issued a decree that all male babies born to the Hebrews were to be killed. But by faith, Jochebed and her husband defied the king's order, and they risked their life to hide their baby son in order to save him from death. You know what? That was a, a decision of faith. They had to trust their baby, and they had to trust themselves into God's hands. You can only pass faith on to your children if you are living by faith. Amen? And they were certainly living by faith. And we need faith all the more now. We need faith in changing times. In, in Exodus, in Exodus 1.8, it says, Eventually, a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. Remember, Joseph was one of the Hebrew people. And God had used Joseph. He had uh, uh, been brought to Egypt as a slave. And then God kept raising him up until he became virtually prime minister to uh, the Pharaoh by interpreting a dream that the Pharaoh had. The, dream had a, uh, the Pharaoh had a dream of seven abundant years and seven years of extreme famine. And, and uh, it, it was a dream of, of seven skinny cows uh, that came and ate up seven fat cows. And he didn't know what it meant. But he sent for Joseph because someone said, there's somebody in your prison that can interpret dreams. So they sent for Joseph and Joseph came and he said, what it means is that you're going to have seven years of abundance and then you're going to have seven years of terrible famine. And, and, and then Joseph went on to give him some wisdom and said, what you need to do is during the seven years of abundance, you need to build storehouses and you need to, to keep as much food as you can in order to have for those seven years of famine. So because Joseph was able to interpret the dream and give him such wise counsel, he promoted Joseph from prison to prime minister. That was the hand of God, amen? Because God had a destiny on Joseph's life to become a great leader and he had given him that vision as a young man. So Joseph was promoted. He was able to bring his whole family to Egypt during the time of abundance. And then during the time of famine, they were able to be provided for and what have you. But Joseph died, as we all do. And now a new king came to power who forgot about Joseph. And because he didn't know about Joseph, he had no regard for the Israelites, and he felt threatened by their great number, and he began to really oppress them, to keep them down. And what does this tell us? It says there arose a new king. It tells us that we all live in changing times, right? One minute we can be on top, and the next minute we can find ourselves down. And even uh, as, a, as a nation, we're living in changing times. We're living in what's called a post-Christian era. America is no longer a Christian nation. Far from it. We live in a generation that has no regard for God, no regard for his word. In fact, society has in many ways become blatantly opposed and hostile towards Christianity. And that makes it tough to be a, a mom or a parent especially as a Christian, because of the moral and spiritual crisis that is in our nation today. It makes it a challenge to be able to raise your children in the way of the Lord. But you know what? That's nothing new. It was tough when Moses was born too. His family lived in Egypt where the Egyptians worshiped all sorts of different gods. They were hostile towards the Israelites, towards the Hebrew people, because they didn't worship like them and because they were enslaved. Human life was cheap and expendable, as you can see by Pharaoh's edict, to kill all the babies. They, they didn't value human life. We see that reflected in our culture as well. 
in, in, in the wide scale acceptance of abortion. You know, and every child is a gift from God. And the Bible tells us that from the time that that child is in the womb, God knits them together and he has a purpose and he has a destiny for their life. That's not just a piece of tissue. That is a living being. That is a child. Amen. And I'm not speaking condemnation to anybody who might have had an abortion. Our heart goes out to you. We pray that God will bring healing and restoration in your heart. But we do need to know what the word of God says. Amen. So that moving forward, we can honor God and, and, and hold biblical views in regard to these issues. But we see that there's an alarming moral decline in our nation in many ways. And like Egypt, where they worshiped many false gods, in our pluralistic society, there are many different belief systems that are all regarded as equally right. You know, we're not supposed to tell anybody what they're supposed to believe. What I believe is right for me. What you believe is right for you, you know. And, 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 and every belief system is regarded as equally right. And as Christian parents, these are very challenging times to raise children. It requires us to trust God for supernatural discernment to understand the spiritual and moral climate and how it impacts our kids. And we need wisdom to know how to teach our children and address these issues in their life, not just, thus saith the Lord, you know, because sometimes our preaching at our kids rather than talking with our kids can drive them away. So we need wisdom to know how. I'm not saying don't address these issues. I'm saying address them wisely. We need to address them wisely. And we need faith to believe God for divine wisdom, to be able to raise our children to know and serve God in this culture. We need moms, we need men, we need women of God who are willing to take on and defy the pharaohs of the world today. We need, to, we need to defy the ungodly world system that is trying to shove down our throat beliefs and practices that are in direct contradiction to the word of God. We need moms and dads and spiritual moms and dads. Folks, if you're a mature believer in the body of Christ, you know what? You need to be a spiritual mom and a spiritual dad to the younger ones that are coming up. You know, because they need somebody in their life that says, I've been there, I've walked it, this is how you do it as a Christian, amen? You need to pray for them, you need to build a relationship with them. The Bible talks about that. The Bible talks about how the older men and women need to be spiritual mothers and fathers for the younger men and women. And we need to do that in the body of Christ. There are some people in the body of Christ that did not have Christian parents or did not have parents that were actively involved in their life. And we need to do that. For the body of Christ. Amen. So take that role on and just uh, mentor somebody, nurture them, pray for them. Uh, that we need spiritual moms and dads in the body of Christ. And we need people that will pray for mothers and fathers. We need people that will pray for the sons and daughters in the body of Christ because there is a spiritual battle that is being waged for our children. But just like Pharaoh targeted the children of the Israelites, the enemy of our soul, Satan, is targeting the children of God's people people he wants to take them out so that there will be not there won't be a continuing witness of Christ in future generations we must fight for our sons and daughters not just our biological sons and daughters but our spiritual sons and daughters we must fight for them in prayer and we must refuse to allow the enemy to have them now if you were fortunate enough 
to have had a, a praying uh, mom or a praying dad, you should be very grateful to God because those prayers stay with you through your life, amen, because they're ever before the throne of God. And for all of those moms who fight for your children in faith every day, praying for them, bringing them to church, teaching them the ways of the Lord in your home, living a godly example before them, you honor God by doing that, and we want to honor you for doing that. Amen? Another principle we see is that we honor God by trusting him with our children. We need to daily place our children in God's hands through prayer. It took faith for Jochebed to put her three-month-old baby in a basket and place him in the Nile River. She had to trust him into the hands of God. She had to say, this is a child that you have given me, and you have put it in my heart that you have destiny on this child. So I'm releasing him into your hands to take care of him. Moses could have easily been eaten by a crocodile or swept by a strong current downstream and drowned. But Jochebed had to make the hard decision to let go of her child and place him in God's hands. Parents, moms, have you put your children in God's hands? Just like Moses' mother put him in God's hands, we need to do the same daily. Now, I have a niece, I'm not a mother, but I have a niece to whom I'm like a mother. In fact, much of her high school years, she lived with me, and she considers me like a mom. And, and um, she's an adult now. She just graduated from college. She, she got a job as a high school teacher in a nearby town in Orlando, and I'm very proud of that. But she was not, except in her early years where my parents brought her to church, my sister didn't serve the Lord, so my sister didn't nurture that in her. And so now I try to sow as many seeds as I can, and I pray for her daily. But, you know, she's not really serving the Lord. And, and as an adult, I see her making some decisions that concern me greatly. But all that I can do, and I'm doing it, is pray every day and say, God, I'm putting her in your hands. I'm asking you that you will cancel every weapon of the enemy's warfare that has been designed against her, Lord. I'm asking you that you will break up any relationships in her life that are not from you. I'm asking you that you would direct her choices and decisions, and I'm praying this every day. In fact, sometimes I'm even texting her my prayers just to sow seeds, you know, into her life. I'm not doing it every day because I don't want, you know, to, to when someone's not serving the Lord, you know, uh, you can drive them away with that. But I do it periodically, and she'll say thank you. And the other day she said, could you pray for X, Y, and Z, which really shocked me because she'd never asked me to pray for anything before. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'll pray for it, <laughs> you know. So um, we just have to trust them into God's hands, right? Maybe you have a child that's hanging out with the wrong crowd, or maybe you have a young adult son or daughter that has strayed from God. Maybe you brought them up, you know, in church, you brought them up in faith, but they've strayed from God, and you see them walking down the wrong path, and God says, trust them to me. You know, the Bible says that when you train up a child in the way that they should go, when they are grown, they shall not depart. If you sowed those seeds, we talked earlier about sowing and reaping, right? If you sowed those seeds in their heart, they're there. And God is going to cause them to germinate and grow at the right time. So you've got to trust them into God's hand. Just like Jochebed turned Moses into God's hand when she placed him in that river, we need to turn our children over to God daily, pray for them, trust God to take care of them, trust God to protect them, trust God to guide them. Folks, it, 
if I had children, because I see the world the way it is, I would not let them out of my house to go. No, no, you didn't hear the end of it. <laughs> I'm not going to hold them prisoner. I'm not going to let them out of my house without praying over them. Praying over them so that they can hear the prayers that I'm praying over them as well. Amen? Because they need the covering of God on their life every single day. Amen? And, and, and I want you to see, as, as Jochebed trusted Moses into God's hand when she put him in that river, God is so incredible. He guided that little basket, which the Nile is a huge river. That little basket could have gone anywhere. But he guided that basket right to where Pharaoh's daughter and her servants had come so that Pharaoh's daughter could bathe. The basket caught Pharaoh's daughter's attention. It was stuck among the reeds. And she said, hey, go get that for me. And when she opened it up, she must have fell in love with this baby because she later adopted him. But, that, but, but, but God is so incredible. He didn't stop there. Moses' sister Miriam was watching. And she came over because, remember, there were a lot of women in, among the Hebrews who had to kill their infant sons. So they were still lactating. So this was a common thing. So um, Miriam, Moses' sister, comes and says, do you want me to go and get one of the Hebrew women to come and nurse the baby? Well, Pharaoh's daughter doesn't know that she's going to go get Moses' mom. She goes, yeah, sure, and I'll even pay her. Can you imagine that? That's God. Jochebed is going to get to raise Moses, and she's going to get paid to raise her own kid. God is awesome. Amen. Never underestimate what God can do when you trust yourself and your children to him. And so she raised Moses for those early years. And you know what? Psychologists tell us the first five years are what? The formative years. And the foundation that you lay, because at that age, you know, kids are just a sponge. And they soak in everything. And they say the foundation you lay in those children's life before the age of five, that is going to go with them throughout their life. So God arranged for Moses to be raised up in the faith, in his home, for those early years, so that that foundation of faith would be solid in his life. Parents, I encourage you. Raise your children early in the church and in the, in the ways of the Lord in your house. Bring them out to children's church. Bring them out to rangers. Bring them out to girls' ministry. Every opportunity you can. Get them involved in the things of God. Don't wait till they're a teenager. You know, I, 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 um, you don't know who they are because they've since moved to another state many years ago, so don't try to figure out who they are. But there were some parents that um, I was talking to once, and... Um, they told me that they don't force their children to come to church. They want to make it their own decision. And I said, well, the Bible says you need to train your children up in the ways of the Lord. That, you know. But they were like, this is our way of parenting. So I'm like, okay. Well, it backfired. Because by the time the kids were in their late teens, they were having such a hard time with them. Then... They wanted to bring the kids to me to straighten them out. What do I have? A magic wand? Presto whammo? You know, you got to do the work early, folks. 
You got to raise them up in the ways of the Lord. And then that foundation will be there to guide their thoughts, to guide their decisions, to guide their choices. Amen. So you got to do that work early. But even if you, if you didn't do that, start praying for them every day now. Amen. Pray for them every day because God can do what no one else can do. But if God did all of that for Jochebed when she trusted Moses into his hands, he will do it for you if you will honor him and trust him with your children the way that she did. We need to, as I said, daily pray for our children's future. Hebrews 11.23 says that they saw that Moses was a beautiful child. Now that doesn't, every parent thinks their child's beautiful, right? Amen. The child could look like they could get down on all four and fight bulldogs for a living. But they're like, the most handsomest. None of your children, of course, you know. But when it says that they saw that Moses was a beautiful child, it's not really talking so much about his physical features or attractiveness. The, the, the language actually implies that they saw that there was something different, something extraordinary about Moses. They saw the hand of God. They saw the destiny of God on his life. Maybe God had impressed on their heart from, from uh, the time of his birth that he had a calling for Moses. But somehow, Moses' mom recognized that God had a special purpose and God had a destiny for her son. And so because of that, she and her husband risked their lives to save Moses and hide him for those first three months. They had to trust God with their lives and they had to trust God with their infant son and his future. Now, it's important for all parents to realize that God does have a special purpose and a destiny for your child as well well. He has a calling for every person to fulfill for his glory and honor. And as parents, you want to help guide your children to recognize not your calling for them, but God's calling for them. Amen? Guide them. Help them to discover. Help them to know God has a plan for your life. Let's pray for that uh, to be fulfilled in your life. You know, in fact, uh, David writes in Psalm 139 how God uniquely forms each and every one of us from our mother's womb. He fits us together in our mother's womb, giving us the personality that we, giving us all the characteristics that he wants us to have for the purpose that he has for our life. Amen. So he says, God forms each of us in our mother's womb. He says, we are God's marvelous workmanship. And he says, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day passed. Isn't that amazing that God has a purpose and a destiny for every baby from the time that they are in their mother's womb? Amen. And it just grieves my heart how many of those destinies were canceled out because those children's lives were aborted. And that's why, folks, we've got to fight like Jacobet did to save the lives of children. Amen? But that's another sermon for another day. But God has a special purpose and a destiny that he desires for your children to fulfill. And as Christian parents, as you seek God and pray for your children, God will help you to understand what that purpose and destiny is so that you can raise your child up to walk in that purpose and calling. And godly parents will sacrifice of themselves to help their children realize their God-given purpose and calling. 
I've seen parents sacrificed to send their kids to a Christian private school. There was one young lady that was raised up in this church, and from the time that she was a teenager, you could see the hand of God on her for ministry, especially uh, worship ministry. And I know her parents couldn't really afford it, but you know what? They sacrificed to send her to the Assembly of God College in Lakeland, Florida. And today, she and her husband, they are both in full-time pastoral ministry. Amen? So parents will sacrifice to help their kids realize God's destiny on their life, maybe to send them to a Christian school, or, or maybe some parents I've seen sacrifice to send their kids on a, on a missions trip, or some parents sacrifice uh, uh, to have their kids take music lessons because they see that gifting on that child's life, and they want to help them to walk in God's will and destiny for them. God has a will and purpose for every one of your children, and we need to guide them, and we need to pray that they will walk in his ways and fulfill his destiny and calling for their life. Now, the fact that Moses was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter made Moses a prince in Egypt. And that means that he got the best education and the best military training there was, which was a preparation to position him to become the leader of Israel and the deliverer of Israel. Parents, if you will live a life of faith and godliness, praying for and trusting your children into God's hands, raising them up in the ways of the Lord, you can trust God with their future. You can trust God to orchestrate the events of their lives, to guide them in his way for them. And I encourage you parents from the time that they are young, start praying for their future. Start praying for God's plan and purpose to be fulfilled in their life. Start praying from the time they're young for their future spouse. That it will be a godly person. That they will make the right choices that God will bring a godly spouse into their life. Pray that from the time they're young. Sow the seeds of those prayers in their life. And, and, and as you trust them daily into God's hands... Realize that he wants them to know and serve him more than you ever could. Realize that he can watch, protect, and take care of them when you can't. And as you pray for them, he will guide them to their destiny just like he guided that little basket to Pharaoh's daughter. Hebrews 11.24 says it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. It goes on to say that Moses defied the king and left the land of Egypt, keeping his eyes on the one who is invisible. I want you to see something. As a woman of faith, Jochebed instilled that same faith that she had into the heart of her son. And just as she defied the king's edict to protect the baby, Moses, when he was grown, he defied the king. And he refused to be identified as an Egyptian, even though he was raised from childhood into adulthood in the Egyptian court as a prince of Egypt. He refused to be identified as an Egyptian, and he chose rather to be identified as one of God's people. Isn't that amazing? Jochebed only had him for the first few years of his life, but the foundation she instilled was so strong that when he became an adult, even though he could have all the wealth and power of Egypt, he said, I don't want that. I want to serve God. That's how strong that foundation is, folks. Lay that foundation strong and pray for them every day. 
when you pray for your children and you raise them up in the ways of the Lord, they will learn to reject the world for themselves and choose to serve God. I quoted it earlier, but Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And you see the truth of that proverb in Moses' life. And the phrase, the way, almost refers to the way of the Lord, almost always in the book of Proverbs. So this verse speaks of the fact that the ultimate goal of godly parent is to raise our children to follow God's ways, to raise our children to love and to serve the Lord. But this verse goes beyond that in the Hebrew to speak of parents training up their children to fulfill God's purpose for their life. God has a specific way, a specific path, a specific calling for each person. And as parents, we need to help our children to recognize that way, that path for them, to help our children discover the unique abilities and passions God has placed in them and encourage them to develop in those areas. And in so doing, you're helping to guide them to God's calling and destiny for their lives. Abraham Lincoln said, all that I am and ever hope to be, I owe to my mother. I remember my mother's prayers, and they have always followed me. They have clung to me all my life. Moms, parents, you have an incredible influence on your children beyond anyone else to shape their lives, to guide them to the destiny that God has for them, and your prayers are powerful. They will cling to your children for the rest of their lives. So I wanna encourage every mother, every grandmother, every parent, every spiritual mother to honor the Lord by holding fast to your faith, especially in hard times, and honor the Lord by daily trusting your children, young or grown, into his hands. Moms, we know your job is not easy, but as you walk in faith, God has promised to be your sufficiency, and he will give you the strength, and he will give you the wisdom, and he will give you everything that you need to raise that child to be who he's calling them to be. But the first step to be the mother or the father or the parent that God has called you to be is to start by giving your heart to Christ. You know, the Bible says that we have all sinned, and because of sin, we are separated from God. But that's the whole reason that Jesus came, and he lived a sinless life, and he gave his life as a sacrifice for our sins. So that when we repent, and the word repent simply means to turn away from, when we turn away from our sin, we ask him to forgive us, and we place our faith in him as our Savior. He forgives us of our sin. He makes us spiritually alive, and he brings us into right relationship with God. So if you're here today, and you have not yet given your heart to Christ, I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a moment to pray. Or maybe you gave your heart to Christ many years ago, but you've drifted away, and you know that you need to come back. I want to encourage you to pray with me in just a moment. Would you bow your heads with me? If you would say, pray for me, Pastor. I want to come to Jesus. I want my sins to be forgiven, 
and I want to be made right with God. I want to live a life of faith. Or maybe you'd say, I want to come back to God. If that's true of you, I want to come to God or I want to come back to God, pray for me, Pastor. Would you just slip your hand up? Pray for me, Pastor. I want to come to God or I want to come back to God. Thank you for that hand. Is there someone else? Thank you for another hand. Thank you for another hand. Thank you for another hand. Anyone else? Amen. Thank you for another hand. Amen. All right, I'm going to ask all of those that raised your hand just to pray a simple prayer with me, and I'm going to ask the congregation to pray it along with me to encourage those that are praying it for the first time. Would you pray this prayer with me, dear Jesus? I believe that you are the Son of God, and I believe that you love me so much that you died for my sins. Today, I repent. I turn away from my sinful life, and I turn to you. I confess that I'm a sinner, and I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I place my faith in you as my Savior, and I invite you to come live inside of me and help me from this day forward to live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you prayed that prayer, I want to congratulate you on making the best decision of your life. Amen. And I want to welcome you to the family of God. If you just prayed that prayer, if you would, take your phone out and just text I prayed to the number on the screen because we would like to send you free of charge a little e-booklet that will help you understand the prayer you just prayed and the next steps to keep growing in your new relationship with God. Because that prayer was not an end. It was a beginning of a lifelong relationship with God. And we want to help you get off on the right start so that you can have a growing relationship with God. So we want to send you this little booklet free of charge. So if you would, just text I prayed to the number on the screen online. If you prayed that prayer, just type I prayed. And a little later today, you will receive a response message from us with a link. Click on that link, fill in your name and email address so that we can send you free of charge this little e-booklet. But once again, congratulations and welcome to the family of God. I want to encourage everybody that prayed along with every believer to do three things regularly. One, talk to God every day. Thank him for the good things in your life. Ask him to help you with whatever challenges, difficulties, or decisions you're making. At a very basic level, that's prayer. Secondly, let God talk to you every day. You say, how does he talk to us, Pastor? The number one way God talks to us is through the Bible. If you don't have a Bible, download the version app on your phone. It is free. That's Y-O-U version app on your phone. It's free. You'll never be charged for reading the Bible there. And start reading in 1 John. Pray before you read. Just read a few verses and then stop to hear what God is saying to you and ask God to help you understand and apply it to your life. And then thirdly, Get connected to a local Assembly of God church. If you're here in South Florida, of course, we welcome you and we encourage you to be a part of this church body. If you're outside of the area, find an Assembly of God church near to you. But don't just attend. Get connected. Build relationships. That's how we grow uh, in the Lord. But welcome to the family of God and congratulations. To all the moms and dads out there, God chose you for the task of raising your kids to love and serve him and fulfill the calling and purpose he has for them. And he knows that being a parent is not easy, but he has promised to be your sufficiency in all things. And I wanna pray for mothers and fathers today to be strengthened in your faith and to grow deeper in your relationship with God. And I wanna challenge you as parents to commit or recommit yourself to being the parent that God has called you to be, to pray and ask God uh, to, to help you raise your kids or influence your kids if they're adults in a godly way, to, 
to pray, to commit to pray over your kids every day, even if they're already adults. But if you're willing to make that commitment to God, I want to pray with you and for you today. So I'm going to ask moms and dads, if you want to be that godly parent God is calling you to be, would you just stand and make your way to the front? Just stand and make your way to the front as the worship team returns. We want to pray with you today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. And you just talk to God from your own heart as you're at this altar. You know the specific things that God may be placing in your heart or dealing with in your heart. God wants to hear from you. I'm going to pray over us, but God wants to hear from you. So just talk to God and make that commitment and ask God to use you to be a godly parent, to be a godly influence in your children's life, no matter what age they are, that God will give you the wisdom and the grace to be an influence of faith and godliness in their life. Lift up your voices to the Lord. Heavenly Father, I thank you for all of these parents. I thank you that they love you and they wanna serve you. That's why they're here this morning. That's why they're here at this altar. I thank you for that, Lord God. And Father, I pray over each and every one of them, Lord God. I pray, Father, that you would just give them the grace and the strength and the wisdom to be the godly parent to those children that you have entrusted to them no matter what age they may be. Father, I pray that when they're weary, that you would strengthen them. When, when they're perplexed and they don't know what to do or what to say or how to guide their kids, I pray that you would give them supernatural insight and understanding and wisdom, Lord God. Father, I pray that when their kids just uh, frustrate them, that you would give them supernatural grace and patience, Lord God. And Father, I pray that you would help each one of these parents to so live before their children that they will be a testimony of Christ, that they would be an aroma of Christ to live a life that is so appealing, that is so attractive that their children will want to know the Christ that they serve. Father, I place each and every one of these parents in your hands. I pray your grace and your blessing upon their lives, Lord God. In Jesus' precious name we pray. We thank you for it, Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you were blessed by this message, would you consider giving a gift to help support our ministry? You can text any amount to 954 516 1522. That's 954-516-1522. Thank you, and we hope you will join us again.